Hey y'all, I'm Taylor DeHaze. I'm obsessed with all things business and fitness. I left my career as a TV reporter, followed my dreams, and created a seven-figure online coaching business in just two years. Now I'm sharing my proven strategies with you. Oh, and we'll keep it real, discussing mindset, money, and hardship to help you build the life of your dreams. Grab a cup of coffee and get cozy. Welcome to the Taylor DeHaze podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, hello, what's up guys? All right, so a question that I feel like comes up pretty frequently or something that I notice that's kind of like, you know, uh, I don't know, on the interwebs is this talk of authority and it's something that I really do speak a lot on with my clients and sometimes I think that like, when we talk about building authority, we don't really know what that means. We have an idea of what we think that means, but when it comes to like, okay, how do I do that, right? That to me is something that I feel like is lacking. And I see there's like two kinds of coaches out there, right? There's coaches that that do help with authority and there's coaches that kind of will tell you, eh, authority doesn't really matter. That is something that I do not agree with whatsoever. I don't, I don't even know how that became a thing. Um, but, you know, essentially, right, like what is authority and, and why do you need it? And I'm not going to give you some vocabulary lesson here, but essentially it's trust, right? Like, Authority is is when you have that trust in your space. People purchase from who they trust and that's built over time, okay? And like building a personal brand takes time, it takes effort. And if you're still wondering why people are not buying from you or maybe your growth has stalled, I would look at your authority level before going elsewhere. Now, again, I'm not talking about like selling right now. I'm not talking about DM strategy right now. I'm literally just talking about building that trust online because it is such a saturated industry. It's such a saturated market. Whatever kind of coach you are, whether it's business, fitness, fertility, hormone, like it doesn't matter. Like everyone is an online coach and I don't want that to discourage you because you know, we're always going to be constantly evolving in methods, whether it's for engagement, sales tactics, marketing, branding, whatever. But at the end of the day, like your authority is needed, right? So I want to go over some ways or, and some, some things like a checklist, if you will, to make sure that you are building authority in the right space. Okay. Because simply just posting online is not going to build authority. It is going to take some outreach, some work and all of those things. Right. And it's also not going to happen the first, you know, three months of your business, right? The longer you are in business, the more you sell, the bigger you grow, the more authority you get, right? So the first thing I want to say is, you know, we talk about niching a lot and I want to say like focus on your niche and try not to be a jack of all trades, right? So for example, right, if you are somebody that's like, you know, helping you feel super confident and empowered through strength training and nutrition, that tells me nothing, right? That tells me nothing. Everyone is going to tell you they want to get stronger. They want to feel confident. No one's going to disagree with that I help statement, okay? You're trying to pick apart who you're working with, who you're trying to help, the point A to point B. So a better example would be, you know, helping chronic dieters ditch the restriction and endless cardio for permanent results and I don't know, X, Y, Z, whatever, right? Or like uh, helping overnight nurses get there or put their health first again in less than 30 minutes a day, right? Because overnight nurses, night shift workers, like time is a constraint. So if you are somebody that has like, you know, I help busy moms, if you're a mom listening right now, hell, if you're anyone listening right now, how many of you like raise your hand if you would identify as being busy? I think we can all say that we're busy, right? So again, like that doesn't really narrow down who we're working with, who we're, who we're trying to help. So 
using the same, you know, 30 minutes a day kind of thing. It's like helping moms get their mojo back in less than 30 minutes a day or something like that, right? Think about your niche. And if you're just starting out or you're just building your clientele, try not to get in this hole of like, what is my niche? Who am I helping? Because at the end of the day, you're not going to know who your niche is until you work with quite a few clients, right? So just know that it becomes more and more focused as you scale your business. But you also don't want to be a jack of all trades. You don't want to be somebody who can do everything. You want to be really specialized. This is something that, again, is going to come in time. If you're just starting out, you know, you're a macro coach. I'm just using this as an example. You're probably not going to be well-versed in everything from hormone to gut to fertility to all of those things, right? So it's one thing to be like a little more generalized, right? Like we go, we have like a primary doctor. Then we have like OBGYNs. We have like specialty doctors. So my point is try not to be good at everything though, because if you, business coaching is a great example too, right? Like if you're a business coach and you claim to be amazing at like NLP manifestation work, but you're also a pro at like course build out and you're also a pro at ad marketing. Like I find a hard time believing that, right? Like, so just step one is building authority. You want to be able to focus on your niche because people want to come to you and say, damn, when I hire so-and-so, they are so good at X, Y, and Z. Okay. The second thing is be you. I know how simple this sounds. I know how like basic this sounds, but you have to be you on the internet. Now, this is a hard one because I have clients that really do struggle with vulnerability. And it's something that is really challenging to coach, right? Like, because at the end of the day, that involves a lot of self-reflection, self-work, and kind of chipping down those walls that are keeping you stiff, right? I hear this a lot. People will say, well, Taylor, my life isn't interesting. Okay, that's totally fine. You can think that other people disagree with you. You could do like, let's say you want to showcase how simple it is for you to prep your food, right? How little time you spend. Maybe you get on your stories and you say, hey, I want to teach you guys how to make meal prepping so freaking easy because I'm noticing you're constantly telling me you're tired from work. You don't want to spend time on the weekend doing this. Let me show you how simple my meal prep is. I'm going to show you what I eat every single night for dinner for the entire week, right? Or whatever. And so people are going to be excited to come on there and listen to you and see what you're doing and learn from you, right? Maybe every single morning you want to show us like you pouring your coffee and like how you're, how you're drinking it, right? Your favorite creamer, your favorite sweetener, like whatever it is, your favorite coffee roast. If you grind your beans or buy them, like, I don't know. There's like so many little nuances, right? And you know, something that I do, like I love to share playlists. I love to kind of share bits and pieces of my health journey. Sometimes it's a, sometimes it's a freaking syringe because I do HRT and that's a new journey for me right now. If you've been around for a while, sometimes it's a plate of my food. And I'm talking about how I used to be very like IIFYM. And now I'm very much, I don't want to say that I'm holistic necessarily, uh, but I just, I really don't eat a lot of foods that are not single ingredient foods anymore. So, you know, that's part of being you too. No one is looking to you to go out and have these extravagant vacations, right? Like we live day-to-day -day lives. And so it's like finding ways to show your day-to-day -day life and these mundane tasks and how it makes other people's lives a lot easier. Okay. The next thing, pick one platform and do it really well. If anyone tells you that you need to do TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and whatever else that's out there, like take a step back. Pick one platform, do it very, very, very well, 
And then once you've dominated that platform, it's totally okay to dabble in others, right? But you want to make sure that you have a very, very good reason. You've got the bandwidth, you're not stressing yourself out, and you're not spreading yourself too thin because I see that all the time. There's already a lot to kind of work on when it comes to Instagram, especially if, you know, if you're, if you're in that area between that, like, you know, like under the 10 K mark, whether it's like 5 K, 6 K, whatever, or even if you're just starting out, like, I don't need you to think that you need a Facebook group and all of these other things. So once you hit to that, like that 10 K mark or so, that's when I would say definitely start to dabble in maybe creating a Facebook group or something like that. Then you can kind of like crowd control and bring people over to your group. And that becomes like your tight knit group of people that you can sell to, you can pitch to, you can groom, you can build that community. But if you ever are feeling like you are balancing seven platforms because somebody told you that, then I would say take a, take a little bit of a break. Okay. Building authority, like I said at the beginning, comes from trust building. And some of the trust building comes from solving problems daily. Okay. I want you to answer questions that no one else is answering. Even if you think you're giving away a little too much information, because when people come to you and every single day, they are reminded that you are the answer to their problem, that you are giving them solutions that builds trust, that builds rapport, that makes people more likely to come to you when they want to solve that problem and ultimately hire you. Now, here's the issue. I see this where you may start to do this, right? Like you may start to build authority in this sense. And then, and then my coaches will say, Taylor, I'm giving away so much information for free. I'm giving away so much stuff. And, and to that, I will say, give your best shit away for free. Okay. This is like something I was going to mention later, but I'm just going to segue into that now. I'll think about, I'll use my podcast as an example. If you're listening to this, I'm just going to guess it's probably not the first episode you've listened to of my podcast. With that being said, if you listen to my podcast, you are likely going to get a really good idea of if I would be a good coach for you based on the way that I I talk, the way that I teach, the way that I solve problems, right? Like you're going to be able to tell if you, you know, vibe with me, if you want to say that, right? I give away a lot of stuff in my podcast, right? I'm not necessarily like giving you free coaching because I can't, I can't, I can't hear you. I can't talk back to you, right? But, you know, it's, I want you to feel so comfortable with what I'm giving away because if I stayed very, very, very surface level, right? And I was like, here's how to niche down. Here are five ways to hit 10K months, like that kind of stuff. It's not penetrating deep enough into your brain, essentially, to where you're like, damn, Taylor taught me something today. That's why I coach on, you know, creating seven figure businesses, what it takes to run companies. I talk about KPI reports. I talk about what I do with my team. I'm very transparent with who is on my team. Like my clients get access to my team. I know that's a paid thing, but my point is there's a lot that you can do with free stuff. Okay. And do not ever think you're giving away too much for free. Unless you're quite literally doing free coaching calls. That's the only thing that I will say stand down on. There are ways to do free coaching in a way that makes sense. You know, something that I um, have always thought that I want to do in the future is kind of like coffee chats, like 10 minute little coffee chats with clients. And I want to kind of do it on like an Instagram live version where, you know, I bring somebody live, they're not a client. They give me as many questions as they can ask in 10 minutes and we troubleshoot them. And that way other people can see how I coach. So that's kind of an idea that I've dabbled with that I'm kind of sharing with you guys. But again, like that to me, 
I know is going to have ROI, right? It may not be immediately. Maybe they fall in love and, and do sign up with me. But regardless, people remember who helps them. Because again, like I said at the beginning, it is so saturated in this space. And there are not a lot of coaches that are actually in their DMs or talking to you or giving away information or that continue to put podcasts out consistently, right? So keep that in mind, all right? The next thing I can say is be consistent. I say this all the time on my stories. I say this all the time to my clients, but the biggest pitfall I see is a lack of consistency. So we are all health coaches. We know that if we are dieting, for example, we cannot hit our macros five out of seven days. Like it's got to be a seven for seven if we're trying to cut some weight. That's just how it is, right? If we're trying to repair our hormones, we can't skip our supplements, you know, half of the week, right? We're we're not going to see results. Maybe we will, but it's going to take twice as long. So the same thing for you guys, we have to really embrace delayed gratification because You know, I remember when I first pivoted to business coaching, okay? So I was a fitness coach for, and I still am a fitness coach. Like I still have fitness clients now, but you know, my roster is not nearly as big as it was, of course, when I was just doing fitness coaching. And so I remember the days of people were asking me, hey, Taylor, like, how did you build your business? Like, I'm I'm really interested in this. And essentially what happened was I did, I just did a total 180, a total 180, And it really felt like I was rebuilding a business, honestly, because my content was not about building a business. It was all about macros, flexible dieting, strength training, powerlifting, bodybuilding, like that kind of stuff. And so when I made the switch, I totally did a 180 and I really committed to it. And I pitched and I pitched and I pitched and it, I did get a client, I think within that first month of pitching, but I remember it took me like 90 days of just straight up pitching and DMing and, you know, until I really got some traction with that because, you know, people had been listening to me for so long, talk about flexible dieting. And now they're listening to me talk about like making more money and things of that nature. And it it was, it was weird for my audience, right? I didn't lose followers really. If I did, I didn't notice because I gained the same amount back, but If I would have given up after 30 days, I would never have the seven figure business I have now. And some of y'all are giving up way too easy. I know it's frustrating. I know it is right. But check yourself right now because building authority is a reputation. A a reputation is built over consistency, over time, over doing the same thing, right? Habits, results, all of those things. So if you're not constantly pitching, constantly solving problems, constantly staying in your niche, constantly talking to other people with outbound leads. Like it's going to take you a long time. Okay. Which is the next part is engaging with your audience. If you don't know who is already in your audience, I would encourage you. And when I say who, I don't mean literally, I mean, like if you don't know what their sales buyer type is, or if you don't know how long they've been following you, like I will do a poll every so often and I will ask people, you know, what, what was my previous job? And it's really funny to me because I assume everyone knows that. And the further away I am removed from television news, the more new followers I've gained, right? And people don't know that. And so I did a poll and I remember one time it was like, what was my, what was my past life? And, you know, I said TV reporter, I said like marketing, I don't remember a few other options. And then every, like most people said marketing, 
And I was like, that is the opposite of journalism, like, which is so funny to me. And I guess that's like, I mean, I guess it's a compliment, right? But, you know, ultimately, not everyone knows what you think they know. And this also goes to show not everybody watches your stories. Another really funny instance for me is, you guys know I'm an emo kid. I was a scene girl. I had like platinum blonde hair and black when I was in high school and in college, literally for 10 years. And every now and then I like to pop up like old photos of me like that and just kind of like, you know, it's just funny. And it never fails that when I pop up those photos, people that have been following me forever, they're like, oh my God, I had no idea. And I'm like, how did you miss this? You know what I'm saying? And so my point is, if you're like, well, Taylor, I'm pitching on my stories three times a week. Okay. Well, that's not seven. And again, it doesn't have to be some blunt in your face pitch. Like there are ways to pitch. If you guys watch my stories, you'll notice what I'm talking about. I create dots and I basically let you connect the dots, right? And the dots connecting is is like hiring me or investing in me or whatever. So, you know, gamify, make sure you're DMing your audience. Like if you're not engaging with them though, you are missing out. We cannot expect clients to come to us. We go to them. Next thing is I want you to charge industry standards. Listen, if you're telling me, oh, well in my area, no one would ever spend more than $200. You're an online coach. No one, no, no one in your area is even relevant, right? And not to mention, if you truly feel that way, I don't care what the answer is because I've had I've worked with clients in Seattle, Missouri, California, Australia, Texas, Kansas, Wisconsin, Minnesota, like all kinds of places. Like whether it's rural or city life or another country. You can sell coaching for five, six, seven, eight hundred, even a thousand dollars a month. I'm not telling you to do that tomorrow, okay? But industry standards are, you know, I say two fifty to five hundred. That was industry standards like two years ago, a year ago. I feel like it's pretty in line with that. But if you're charging much less than like two fifty, like please, please, please do yourself a favor. And this is not me saying charge your worth because your your worth is invaluable. So I won't ever tell you that, but. You need to get better at selling is the end game. And I do have podcasts you can listen to on that. So, you know, if you want to listen to a sales strategy podcast, please go look. I posted one, I believe, about a month ago. So just go back a few episodes. But building authority, you can't be in the price shopper category, right? You cannot build authority with a 997 app, okay? So the next thing is I'm going to kind of combine these two, but I want you to collab and network with others in your industry that are on your level, okay? So do not feel like, oh, I just want to be friends with all the seven-figure business owners and things like that. No, 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 no. Look at who is in your coaching cohort or look at who is in the same group as you. I mean, everyone that's a coach, all of you guys, right? We all have like online friends. I guarantee you, we all do if we're coaches. We all have people that we've probably never met in person and maybe they're in your coaching cohort. Maybe you're not in a coaching cohort and maybe you just like have some friends online challenge them or challenge, I guess, ask, don't challenge, but you know, challenge them to a duel. Just kidding. No, but like challenge them to go live with you and find a topic that you guys can both really hit on together. Or maybe it's something that you have contrasting opinions, right? Like maybe you're a macro coach and one of your clients is struggling and you think it might be adrenal insufficiency. Go pair with another client because then you can refer people. Then you can get people that are out of your scope. And then when you both share and you collaborate with a post, 
it just gives you more engagement. It gives you more um, exposure. It gives you more, more room to grow. Right. And so when I have a podcast, for example, and I have a guest speaker, I always ask if we can do like a collaborative post that way, their audience sees me, my audience sees them. It's a win-win for everybody. And, you know, never neglect who is like in your, who is like on your level in your space, because that's really, really helpful. Okay. The next thing is I say write like a journalist. So what I mean by this is your writing needs to be good, okay? It needs to really captivate. Now, when I say write like a journalist, I'm not necessarily talking about AP style and all of that. I'm talking about, if you if you just listen to me say that and you're like, what the fuck is that? Then it's all good. Just, you know, Google AP style. Anyway, my point is, you know, it's okay to use emojis and like have fun with it and, and, you know, drop an F-bomb here or there because I definitely do. But my point is there is a storytelling process, okay? And the coaches that do really well versus the coaches that stay stuck, they are better writers. They are better storytellers, okay? So for example, if you are trying to teach me how to overcome food freedom, for example, or not overcome, but like reach food freedom, excuse me. Instead of saying like, here are five ways to hit food freedom. Food freedom is so important. This is why you should do this. One, two, three, four, five. Let me know if you need help. Apply in my bio. That's not going to captivate anybody. But if you start out by saying something like, I'm trying to think like, I, I mean, I went through the trenches with my eating disorder back in the day, like in early high school, middle school, I literally used to like wrap my stomach with saran wrap in hopes that I would like lose some fucking water weight while I was sleeping like a weirdo or like I would quote detox my detox in eighth grade was like drinking v8 juice for like a week like what I don't know my point is though like you know something you could say is I'm trying to think of something that would make sense I don't know I don't know I just like find something that you used to do that you think is silly and and open the line with that right like surviving on tuna packets like isn't a meal plan or whatever, right? Like something like that. I mean, you kind of like someone else is going to see that and go, holy shit. I do that now. Like I cut carbs. I eat a lot of tuna pouches. Like I'm afraid of eating X, Y, and Z or whatever. Or like TBT when I was afraid to eat a donut or whatever. And then you kind of go into your story. You talk about like, and I'm not talking about your entire life story, just a few sentences, right? You know? So like, I remember when I was afraid to eat a donut. Listen, I totally get it. It's Saturday morning. Your husband comes back with a box of donuts and all you're thinking about is how you're going to have to avoid them all freaking day, right? Plot twist. It doesn't have to be that hard. This is exactly how I was. I remember the days my boyfriend would bring us donuts and I would always like look at them and pass them up and go and proceed to make a protein shake, right? Because I thought that if I ate food like that, I would blow up. There was no way that I could possibly eat food like that and still maintain a physique. Boy, was I wrong. 10 years later, I'm in the best shape of my life doing this, doing that, doing that. Imagine if you did blah, 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 blah. Hell yeah. Let's make it happen together. A link in bio. Don't judge me on that caption. All right. Like I was trying to pull something out of my ass in my head, but you get my point. So it's not just like you can eat a donut. Here's how, like, you know what I'm saying? Like you're like kind of sharing your story because that's so relatable because how many of you guys have heard a client tell you they struggle to stay on task because their boyfriend, spouse, partner, whatever is like always bringing home fast food and it's like fucking irritating for them. Or maybe their spouse, partner, whoever, or maybe they just don't have a support group, right? Maybe they've silently been suffering for so long and you're the first person they've opened up to. So again, 
Writing like a journalist means there is a plot. There is a punching headline. There is a, there's a story. There's a part that really connects with you on a deeper emotional level. There's a part that makes you think, damn, there's a climax. There's like, you know what I'm saying? There's a solution at the end. Like there's a happy ending. The happy ending is hiring you. So next thing. And the last thing is essentially sharing social proof, sharing social proof consistently. So I would say, you know, two or three days a week, like share some social proof, right? Like constantly do that, add that to your highlight and do this in different ways. So sometimes it's good to have just like, I like to do weekly wins where it's like, look at all these amazing wins for the week. Boom, 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 boom. That's great. Screenshots. Then there's times where maybe you have a really big rant, like on reverse dieting. I don't know. So you're talking on your story and then you pull up a picture of a transformation. You're talking about how that client got to that transformation and you're kind of doing a client case study live. You know what I'm saying? That's another way too. You could also collect a testimonial from your client, like a video, and then play it for them. So those are all ways to share social proof. And I would say maybe once every two months, if not, I would say once every eight weeks, have a client video on your story, or excuse me, on your grid. And have a cool cover photo, maybe do a little swipey swipe and have some quotes pulled from it. But essentially people need to see that you are living proof and you are able to provide results and get them from point A to point B, okay? Now, this is not really a a thing, but just something to keep in mind. You know, there's a lot of people that are going to provide comments that are unwanted and trolls do exist. And just remember to be kind to everyone. I know that sounds so silly. I feel like I'm a kindergarten teacher right now, but don't respond to nasty with nasty, right? Like, Honestly, if a troll comments on my stuff, if it's like really crass or something, then I will delete it and block the person. But if it's just something kind of like meh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, good one, bro. Then I'll just put like some clap emojis or some black hearts. And then I'm like, thank you for the engagement. But ultimately, be kind to everyone. You never know who could help you in the future. And, And I'm not talking about trolls. I'm just, you know, in general. So when do you know that you're building authority? There's really two ways to tell, I would say three ways to tell. The first one is that people apply without even talking to you, okay? When you're like, damn, I got an application. Who the hell's that, right? That's a good sign. The second is when you start to sell in the DMs without having a phone call. Like people are just like, I'm so ready to sign up. And then you sell in the DMs. And then the third way is when people respond to your stories and say, wow, this really inspired me. Wow, this is totally me. Totally, right? So anyway, I hope this was helpful, but... Check yourself on where you need to kind of work on building some authority. Take it from there and all right, guys, have a good one. I want to give you a virtual high five for finishing another episode of the Taylor DeHaze podcast. Love the episode? Share it and tag me on Instagram. Have a question? My DMs are always open. Until next time, bye y'all.